Blog Talk Radio.
the love worldwide www.jesusinthemorningradio.com hallelujah hallelujah elevation church and uh, the mercy of god 
I love him this morning and I thank him for his his mercy because his mercy is everlasting. And when I tell you he will have mercy on us right now, all we got to do is go to him. Sometimes we don't have time to pray a full prayer. We say, Lord, have mercy. Uh Uh-huh. And he does. And he does. And I am thankful unto him this morning for mercy. Thankful for grace. Most of all, I am thankful for his love because his love calls me to have grace and mercy of Almighty God. Thankful unto him this morning that no matter what the situation is, I can go before him. And I've learned some things. Yeah, I've learned some things. And it has blessed me to endure what I may not have been able to endure because I didn't know how. All but his blessings. His mercy, his grace. Yeah, I want the uncommon <laughs> mercy and grace of God. Hallelujah. Like I've never had before. I never had this kind before. It don't come that often. Hallelujah. Every now and then I get this kind. So I'm thankful, thankful unto him this morning. Want to say welcome to Jesus in the morning. I'm your host, Evangelist Barbara Pittman of Freedom Doors Ministries, and I come to you live. Each weekday morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today, look at this, y'all. Today is April the 11th, 2023. Look like just a few days ago, we was at April 1st, March 31st. But God has truly blessed us. And we are 12 days and four months into this new year. It's still a new year. Yeah, 2023. And so we're grateful unto Almighty God. We appreciate him this morning, and we love him because it was him that first loved us. I wouldn't know what love is, but I found him. And I can truly tell you about love this morning. Yeah, love is what love does. Uh huh. If you know about love, it's going to show up. You can't hold love back. Everybody's going to know you love this. Somebody told me the other day, you love food. Yeah, because every chance you get, you're talking about food. So that show them that's what I love. You love to bake. You love to cook. Yeah, because that's what I talk about. So I'm thankful unto God that when we love someone, we're going to talk about them. When we love some things, we're going to talk about it. Yeah, whatever it may be, if we love it, we're going to talk about it. And this morning, God is love. So we should be talking about him as often as possible because guess what? He showed his love for us. Ooh, a love like no other. And he shows his love daily for us. A love like no one, your mom and and dad can't show you the kind of love he does because they sleep, they slumber. But God never sleeps nor slumber. His eyes are in every place. He's beholding the evil and the good. So he see what we need. He see what's going on with us. Sometimes he don't move. He's waiting on us to come and say something to him. The scriptures say we have not because we ask not. And we don't want to ask amiss. We don't want to ask for anything that's not according to his will. Hallelujah. I feel all right right there. Amen goes right there this morning. And so we're thankful. We're thankful. Hallelujah. Unto him this day. Uh, today we have Bishop Rudolph McKissick coming, and uh, his message today is stay put. Yeah, 
Yeah, the staying put, the reward of staying put. The reward of staying put. Wherever God uh, allow us to be, we need to stay right there until he says to move. Until he opens another door. And we got to be careful with that. Make sure it's him that's opening another door. My son and I was talking on Sunday, and I was sharing this with him. This is what Apostle Paul taught me. Whatever state I'm in, be content. Sometimes it's not a good state I'm in. It's it's just not a good place where I am. But I learned to stay put. Stay right there. Because I don't want to move and miss the blessing. And everything from God don't feel good. It's good for you. But it may not feel good to you. But if it's good for you, we need to stay right there. And patiently wait on him. Because the same God that loves us, he's not going to put us into anything to hurt us. But he will allow you to go through some things to strengthen you. It don't feel good to you, but if you can handle it, pray and stay right there. Have a well-made-up mind to endure. It's going to bless you. Mm-hmm. Listen, my assignment was in the government project. And uh Ooh, we at a place called Hilltop Village. And uh, people all over the world know about this crazy place. And most people was afraid to even walk through there. I lived there. Walked through there, went to and from my car, went to and from the mailboxes and checked my mail and walked to and from the, the uh, rental office. Got to the place where I started helping people out there, children, and working with the management to bring the free lunch program in there so children out of school in the summer could eat. Broke up fights, did many different things, talked to management so that other people who had messed up could still get to stay. That was my assignment. And I learned that real quick, y'all. I wasn't there when I moved there. I was not there two days. Matter of fact, I wasn't there really 24 hours and three people had been shot and killed. But the police was coming around knocking on doors. When they knocked on my door, I said, who is it? Police. <laughs> I opened the door. He said, ma'am, uh, did you see anything or hear anything? I said, no, sir. I just moved here yesterday. I said, and I live up front, and that took place in the back. I don't know nothing about back there. He said, well, ma'am, how do you stay here? I said, my 401k failed. I lost everything I basically had, and I needed a roof over my head, and this was offered to me, so I came here. He said, yes, ma'am. He said, well, if you hear anything, give us a call. I said, all right, and he went on down the street. Every time I turn around for, I know, a week, the police was at my door. And then this is the strange thing. My nephew worked for the sheriff's office. So he had the police uniform, the shoes, the badge, the, the, the belt, the gun. He had all of that. And when I moved there, he said, take my gun and put it up in the closet. Now, I'm a convicted felon. I wasn't even thinking I should have had my hands on a gun. But I went on and put it up in the closet and come back. We came in, prayed. They put all my furniture in there and everything. 
Some of them sat around. I couldn't cook. So, you know, they sat around for a minute, then they went on. Yeah, my family came in movement. My son, my nieces, yeah, my daughter, yeah, grandchildren, yeah, they came and helped me. So listen, I stayed there. I wanted to leave. I wanted to get out of there. But I couldn't go nowhere. He hadn't opened a door. Yeah, I couldn't do nothing but serve the people that lived in there. And some days I would get angry. Oh, you don't know. Because the mother have children and the government is giving you money, what they call food stamps, EBT, to provide food for your children. But you don't provide for the children. You provide for your boyfriend who only comes when the government released these food stamps and there's food in there, plenty, all kinds, you eat up the children's food and then you leave. Don't care about where the children meal, a meal is going to come from, breakfast, lunch, and our dinner. Send them to school and sometimes the only meal they would get is the meal from the school. That would make me angry. And then sometimes I would see a mother jack her child up in the chest. And you ain't you, you ain't trained the child, you ain't told the child nothing, but you're going to come out and show the public what you can do to, to this little boy. Oh, that would make me mad. Here go Barbara down the sidewalk, going and get shot there today, Barbara, because you can't help yourself. But I stayed put. I stayed right there until he opened the door. Listen to me. Seven years later, I didn't say seven days, because see, we think we saved, we sanctified, we feel with the spirit. So this is a bad place, and I don't want to be here, Lord. And then sometimes we think, I'm above this. Lord, put you right there. And when he gets through with you, you're going to know. Look at my son. Look at my son. Look where he went. He didn't even have a roof over his head. Oh, glory, hallelujah, Jesus. He didn't even have a roof over his head. Wasn't nobody coming serving him as the son of God, as the king child. Nobody was coming to do that. I read about a woman who washed her, washed his feet with her hair, her tears and some perfume. I heard about that. About nobody coming to bring him a class day a horse or uh, an Arabian horse. The best horses there ever been for him to ride from city to city. I didn't hear about that. He walked. He went down through ghettos. If he came to town this morning, that's where he was stopped by the worst project ever because he's seeking that which is lost. He's not afraid to go in there because somebody wants him and somebody want to be straightened out. But he used people, those that are willing. I was willing because they bad people, but they people, they human beings, they understand English. Well, I better say that we understood what we were saying to each other. Some days I had to use slang to get the point across. A parable of slang 
so that they could understand where I was coming from. I remember one time I went to my car. Somebody stole the tag, listen, off my car. Took tag, didn't just take the sticker. They couldn't get the sticker off because the way I had it on. They took the whole tag off. I called the police, made a report, and I went to the car to do something. And these people come by, and they started talking to me. And I started talking to them about the Lord. And one of them said, oh, yeah, he, he was a minister. I didn't even know it. He didn't live out there. He come out there to visit relatives. And then the conversation got more and more people coming to the conversation. Well, let me ask you about my brother. He locked up for this and that. And uh, what can be done for him? I said he can repent and God will save him. God will forgive him and save him. This is in the project, the lowest places people say you can go. The ghetto, low income, poverty, that kind of thing. People would knock on my door, Miss Mack. I said, yeah, I ain't got nothing to feed my kids today. I said, okay, I ain't asking where your food stamp. Do you get food? That wasn't my business. I said, okay, baby, hold on a little bit. Uh, the kids home, sometimes she'll say, no, ma'am, they're going to school. But when they get home tonight, Miss Mack, I need something to feed them. I said, okay, well, we got a little time. I said, can you give me about 20 minutes? I'm right in the midst of something. And knock on this door in 20 minutes, I got you. Because sometimes I would be on a prayer call, you know, praying for somebody, ministering to somebody. Uh, or sometimes, you know, I would be uh, on the computer witnessing or whatever, you know. So when I got my work done there, I went in my kitchen, looked in the freezer, looked in the pantry, got what I could get. I've had people to come and say, Miss Mack, do you have toilet tissue? Toilet tissue. I said, yeah. Miss Mack, can I get a roll from you? Not when I go to the store, I return it. No, no, no. That's not the mentality. The mentality is to receive all I can receive and never give nothing back. So I go and get them a couple of rolls of toilet tissue and give it to them. Soap. Come on now. Soap. Everybody needs soap because you got a baby. Had a young man, he used to come every morning because he wouldn't go to school. I got on to him, so he had to come to my door every morning to let me know he's dressed and ready for school. So he would come and say, Miss Matt, I missed breakfast this morning. I, I won't get breakfast when I get there. I'm leaving a little bit later. I said, okay. I started giving him breakfast and making sure he got to the bus stop. The work was there. Yeah. You heard the scripture say the harvest is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray that the Lord of the harvest would send more labor. But we asking God to help us to remember the labor he called and chose us for, or called and chose us for. So it may be in the process. It may be down around the dope house. They call it the trap. And maybe in all of these places. But if God puts you there, you need to stay put. You need to stay right there. Many days we might be praying, Lord, get me out of this. I don't want to be in this. 
Sometimes we'll get an attitude, you know, I'm sick of these people. You can be sick of whatever you want, God says, stay right there. And then you repent for that. Because I put you in a place that's going to cause you to be blessed. Anybody ever heard, may the work I've done speak for me? My work was speaking. It spoke so high in volume, you would have thought I was a part of the management of the rental office. No, ma'am, I was a tenant. Whatever I said, it was a law. Let me tell you what happened one day, how I met the management. I go in one day to return some paperwork, because with the government, it's always paperwork. Uh, they say the paperwork will prove your situation, this, that, and the other. But I went in there to return some paperwork, and uh, they had a new manager and an old assistant manager. And they had the regular ladies, you know, that handled the front desk receptionist kind of people. So I go in there and the uh, assistant manager, she said, come come back here a minute, let me talk to you. So I go back and she explaining the paperwork to me and this and that. Well, the manager come out of his office and he said, uh, I don't have her paperwork. The, old, the, the, the first part of the paperwork that she said she turned in. So this assistant manager, she didn't say anything. She got up and went to my file and pulled it out for him. He was like, oh, oh, hey, come here a minute. Now he want me to come to his office. Let me tell y'all something. God will set you up real pretty. Went and talked to him. He said, well, what, what is it you do? Do you work? I said, well, I'm just finishing up uh, school. I said, I graduate in a few days. What kind of degree? I told him. Human uh, management. And so he, oh, 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 now he want to be charming, charming. All before he was real nasty to me. He had my utility check and wouldn't give it to me. Oh, all kind of foolishness. I endured it. God put me there. Now I know why I'm there. This is my assignment. This is of God. I can't move. I can't shake nothing. I can't cuss nobody out. I can't have no attitude. I just got to go through, tell him about it. When I finished talking to him and he found out everything else was there that he said wasn't there, and I brought the ending of the paperwork that they requested, now he want to be chummy chummy. I just chummed him right off, went back through to the assistant manager's desk. I said, let me tell you something. She said, okay. I said, you're going to be the manager here. She looked at me like, is this woman crazy? I said, listen to me good. I said, God said he's moving you to a higher position here. What's now, in just a very few days, it won't be no more. Well, the receptionist, really, her name was Yvonne, and she said, uh, hey, what you see for me? I want to tell y'all what I told her, but I had to tell her. And I went on out to do. See, don't get in God's business. If he got something for you, he's going to send someone to tell you or he's going to show you. Stop seeking after a word and, and, and running after pro- Stop it. Cut it out, I say. 
Because what God has for you, it is for you. Nobody else going to get it. And if he don't tell you it's happening, if he designed for it to take place, if he's going to bless you, he'll just do it. So I went on out the door and went on about my business. Well, she called me and told me to come back in there, the assistant manager. When I got there, she wasn't there. There was a new lady at the desk. I want y'all to hear me tonight. I mean, this morning. There was a new lady at the desk. I ministered to her. I said, I see uh, one daughter. She said, yes, ma'am, I have one daughter. You know you know me. You know my sister. I, I don't know nothing about you, baby. First time ever seen her. And I went to telling her what God told me to tell her. She went to crying. Well, I got through and I went on. Next time I see the manager, I go in there to ask for permission to sell stuff in there for the children because I was doing uh, arts and craft clubs for the girls, I mean, class for the girls, arts and craft club, uh, uh, craft for the boys. The girls, I was teaching them how to cook in the microwave, uh, what you can cook, how you, you know, put your recipe together according to the recipe, that kind of thing. So I went to ask her about selling items to make money because the government wasn't going to give me none in the apartment people they weren't going to give me none so I said if I could sell these things then I could make money listen y'all I got to tell you the truth I got up to $300 a day selling food and stuff in the project yeah yeah I did nobody out there could cook like me so I took everything took all there, there was other what they call candy ladies out there but guess what? It wasn't my food. I sold chicken wings, fries, fish, fries. Went to uh, uh, the Golden Corral and got the big fat yeast rolls. Was selling sodas, uh, uh, chips, <laughs> cookies, candies, sweet potato pies, huh? Slices of pound cake, cupcakes, brownies. Just went crazy out there for them. Made a, a bag, put five pieces of candy in there for a quarter, and that was called a candy bag. A three-year-old, two years old would come with pennies, one penny. I said, what you want? I want a cookie or whatever. And you know I would give them a little more. You know that. But listen, I go around there one day, and the manager said, uh, Miss Mack, I said, yeah. She said, I hear you can cook and bake. I said, well, I certainly try. She said, Miss Mack, come on now, tell me the truth. I said, I'm telling you, that's what people say. I said, it's good to me, but everybody's taste buds are not the same. She said, yeah. Well, Miss Mack, what did you cook today for yourself? And I just so happened to have meatloaf, collard greens, macaroni, cheese, cornbread, you know, peach cobbler, something like that. She said, uh, it's night. Would you bring me a plate? I said, yeah, for lunch. I said, yeah. I said, it's done right now. She said, you already finished it? I said, yeah, I get up early in the morning, get my my dinner out of the way. And that way I got more time to deal with, you know, the people coming to buy stuff from me. She said, okay, well, bring my plate. I took her the plate. When I went to get my plate, no, I didn't go to get my plate back from her. She brought my plate back. And when she brought my plate back, 
you know, I opened the door and let her in. She looked around in the house. She's like, oh, Miss Mack, it's clean in here. It's nice in here, Miss Mack. I said, well, thank you, but I live here. It's just how I want to live. I can't just live any old kind of way. So look. She said, well, what you got in here sweet? I said, I got the mini sweet potato pies. I got cookies. She's like, oh, Miss Mike, I got to have some of them cookies. I said, well, look, uh, Miss So-and-so, you know, I bake these for the door. She's like, well, you just want to bake some more for the door because I got to take some of these with me. Paid for them. The manager paid for the cookies and went on to her office to work. Gave me my plate. Let me know what you're cooking tomorrow. I said, I may not cook no more this week. That's it. That's my week meal. Because I couldn't get cut off, you know, serving the, uh, uh -uh, the rental office. The men on the date, they brought... Because this new manager, he did what they did up New York, in New York to clean the project up. So now we can walk through there at night, and they had these guards and the police on the gate. And I'm coming in, so one of them, he had an accent. He said, you, 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 you sell fish. I said, yeah. He said, what, what come with fish? I said, fries on the roll. I said, and you can get a drink with that. How long? How long? I said about 20 minutes because I, I, I got to get in there, you know, wash my hand, put my apron on, you know. He was like, okay, 20 minutes, I'll be there. I said, okay. So I went on and got myself together, started frying his fish and his fries and everything. 20 minutes, he was at the door. I made his plate. What else? What else? And so a, a, a black Police officer told him, said, well, she got cupcakes and brownies and strawberry cakes. He said, the, the cake, the cake. <laughs> so I did the strawberry cake for him. He paid me my money. The man that came with him, the black officer, he bought what he wanted, nachos and whatever, and went on. Stay put. Wherever God puts you, stay there. You might want to... <clears throat> get out of this marriage because I'm sick of her. I'm sick of him. It's just not right. They're not doing the right. God say, I put you there, stay there. But you got to make sure it's God that put you there now. If you put yourself there, get on out of there. But if God put you there, stay there because your blessing coming. In the project, he gave me uncommon blessings, uncommon favor, and uncommon miracles. He gave me a, 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 a truck. I had been, Lord know it, I had been praying for that uh, element. I think it's about Honda. Oh, I wanted that element. People come and telling me, oh, I've seen you driving in a special truck, this and that. I'm just knowing it's, it's the element. No, it was that Toyota RAV4. <laughs> years later, years later, after I had stayed there and served, Kept that 1998 Ford Contour car for nine years. Then God blessed me with a 2010. After that, he was giving me a place to live permanently. He blessed me with a 2015 Toyota RAV4. But I had to stay there, you understand, and wait and work and not grumble and not complain. I love them kids. What? 
loved him. This guy, oh, well, I can see his face, but I can't think of his name. He was the one who said, all right, all right, all right, you're going to learn today. I know many of y'all seen that. Kevin, uh, uh, yeah, I can't think of his last name, first name Kevin, Hart, Hart. And I would hear the kids saying that. So when they would come to the door to buy stuff, I would say, all right, all right, all right. They say, you're going to learn today. And look. The neighbor, the lady upstairs, she comes out, said, Miss Mack, you need to be ashamed of yourself. I say, what? She said, you have these children going. And Miss Mack, they love you so much, of course. Gang members, all of that. Head of gang members, all of that came to the door. I served them, too. One of them, he come and he want to uh, buy 50 cents worth of cookies, give me a quarter, and bring me the quarter later on. I said, now, you know I don't play about my money. I want my quarter or when I see you, and I'm going to see you now, it's going to be a big misunderstanding. So you're like, Miss Mack, I know how you is about your money. I know what you're trying to do. I'm going to bring your quarter back. He will come back with three girls. Pay Miss Mack a quarter, I owe You get me a cupcake. You buy me a brownie. Whatever he told them, that's what they did. Yeah. But that wasn't my business. My business was on the door to serve my customers, and on Wednesday, go up to the recreation center and, you know, go in there and teach the girls how to cook, teach the girls how to dress like little ladies and sit like little ladies, teach the boys how to draw a, a car That's all I, and a dog. That's all I knew how to draw, and the dog was named Sam with fluffy ears, and I would buy puzzles and different big pieces of things that they could put together, and oh man, and when they would color, one little boy, oh, he could really color real pretty. And they would show me their stubs, and one trying to outdo the other to see who got the best, and I would reward them with a meal and send them home with a snack. Yeah. In the project. But listen, I had to stay put. I was there for seven years. I had to stay put in the project. I wasn't the project now. I lived in the project. I was in the project, but not of the project. My mentality was totally different. And I wasn't looking for handouts and not giving back. People used to come all the way from downtown Jacksonville, all the way over there, just to get food, just to get a hot meal. Cooked every day. In the winter, I would cook. And on Wednesday, the children would come and get a free meal. It might be chili and cornbread. It might be soup and cornbread. But I always had something for them. Sometimes I would fry chicken and, and, and put some bread with it and give it to the kids. The parents would come around there. Miss Mac, I said, nope, nope, can't give it to adults. It's only for children. You dirty, Miss Mac. You know how it tastes and everything, and you have me robbing my child for his food. I said, well, rob him, but I can't give it to you. I can only give it to children. Sometimes they would try <laughs> and send somebody else's child around there. After they done sent their kids, send somebody else's child who ain't been through there to get the, the mama a bowl or something. One lady, she sent her brother around there. I'm sick. Here, Miss Mack, please let me have some of that hot soup. I sent the bowl of soup around there. 
and uh, he bought <clears throat> two slices of two dollar cake. Four, so he spent four dollars. I gave him the bowl of soup. He took it to her. She ate the soup. He she come back around there sick with a big blanket. I said, "What is Miss Mack? That soup was so good. I feel so much better." And I just wanted you to know. I said, well, you better get on up out this air. This was in the winter. I said, get on on and get on out the air and thing. And they would come and talk to me, tell me their personal problems. And when they come and tell me about them low-count men, oh, boy, they could see it. Well, Miss Mack, I said, no, no, no. When it comes to the children and a man, he's a man. He's supposed to bring to the children. He's supposed to enhance your life and their life. He's bringing you down and your children down. Yeah. But I had to stay right there. I didn't know if I could walk out the door and get shot or what. Walk out the door and five of them jump me, you know. But guess what? None of that never crossed their minds. None of that never happened. Nobody really had no beef with this. Now, the, the ones who was jealous that them candy ladies that took all the money from them, oh, yeah, they had beef with them. One came around there crying. If I was using that little money, I was sending peanuts. I didn't sell no more peanuts. I was using that little money to pay my bills. But the children said, Miss Mack, we glad you opened up a store because these candy ladies, they're real nasty to us because they're they the only ones we have to go to. Miss Mack, they're not really friendly. They, they don't never laugh with us or do nothing. They never give us nothing, Miss Mack. We're glad to have you. Children would come from other projects, and they would bring the children right now on a tour to their candy lady. Yeah, to my door. Let me show you what our candy lady got. Miss Mack, let me get a cupcake. <laughs> Miss Mack, let me get a brownie. Hey, I want them nachos. Can I get a 50 cent worth of extra ground beef on mine? That's to show that the, 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 the ones from the other project, what they had in their project, where they live. I was like, oh, my goodness. I never saw nothing like this. My daughter that passed away and my niece uh, came over to see what was going on. And because uh, I told them I was selling stuff out of that. And it was like, what? You're not afraid of being robbed. I said, nobody's going to rob me here. I said, because if anybody tried to rob me, the gang members are going to kill them. You know what I mean? They know better. So they came, and I had gone somewhere, and my, my youngest daughter was working the door for me while I was gone. When I got there, they sitting in the living room. I'm looking. Hey, I said, hey. They was like, look, these kids are something else. I said, yeah, they are. And uh, she said, it takes a special kind of person to deal with them. I said, it does. I said, of course, you know what to do. She said, they be all to the door when they get a cupcake or brownie. They be out there doing the running man. And I don't know what, the, the stinking leg. I don't know what kind of um, dances they be doing. She said, but they have it going on out there when they get that cupcake or that brownie. And uh, she told me one time, she said, I saw two of them take their cupcakes and hit it together. You know how you got, both of y'all got a drink and you say cheers and you clink your glasses together. She said they were clinking their cupcakes, clinking their brownies together. Yeah, because it was good. And I treated them good. I had women coming around and Miss Mike, I can't pay my life there. How much you like that? A hundred dollars. I would pray 
the Lord said, release it. I released a hundred dollars. They come back and bring me my money back. You know why? Because they're going to be a next time. And if you didn't pay me, you couldn't come back. Uh-uh. I gave that to you. But I, I don't have no more to give because, see, I see you'll keep coming back because it, it appear to be free to you. But it's not free to me. I have to work to, to get this, and then I'm blessing you. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But in the project, I stayed right there seven years, seven years, until God opened the door and released me from that assignment. You hear me? I was blessed, I was happy, I had a wonderful time. I can't lie. Oh, when it was five or six children at the door, that made my day. I remember one time there was like 20 people, could have been 30, so many people at the front door ordering stuff. And I saw the police drive by the side of the house. I was legal now, I was illegal because I had permission. But I said, hey, hey, I said, look, can five of y'all stay and the rest of y'all go give me 20 minutes and come back? I said, because the police going to think I'm selling dope or something over here ain't right. I said, so y'all clear the dope, come back in 20 minutes, I'll serve everybody. Well, while they were gone, they gave me time to, after I served them little five, they gave me time to put more cupcakes and brownies in the oven, drop chicken wings, drop fish. Make nachos so when they come back, I could get it out quick. Wasn't nobody but me. Yeah. So pickles out the jar, dill pickles, the whole pickle, because we like that kind of stuff. Black women, black children, yeah. Pickle pig feet, pickle sausage, pickle eggs, all of that, like, like it was a full convenience store. But I couldn't leave. I had to stay there. I had to stay put. And being and staying put, I truly receive my blessing. Today I can say I am blessed to be where I am because God did it. I didn't do it. The only way I lose it is if I don't want it no more. If I tell him I don't want it no more, he'll let it go to somebody else. But as long as I want it, it's mine. He gave it to me. And what God gives, you can't ungive it. You can't undo it. Hallelujah. Yeah, man can't undo this. I'm thankful unto him. Hallelujah. Grateful unto him. But there's none like him. I got to go to this one. And um, when we come back, we're coming back with morning prayer. And uh, right at, I want to say 8 o'clock, I want to get Bishop Rudolph McKissick Jr. in today. And his message is the reward of staying put. The reward of staying where God puts you. Yes. Stop trying to squirm out of it. Pray and ask God for strength and get on through it. And it will be all right in Jesus' name. Let's go to this one. Come on, we're going to put our hands together just a little bit. Glory to God. I don't know if you know it tonight, but when the burden get a little heavy, when the road get a little rough sometimes, I just want to let you know tonight that Jesus will pick you up. If he has to reach way down, come on, y'all can put your hands together again. Come on. Come on, everybody. Come on, put those hands together. Come on. You might not 
Thank you for what you're doing right now, Father. Thank you for what you're going to do. Oh, we are your people. And we come before you this morning grateful unto you, appreciating you. And, Father, we love you. You know the very intent of our hearts today. And we love you, Lord, and we want you to know it this morning. We thank you. We give you glory. We give you honor and praise. There's none like you. Thank you, Lord, for the good and the bad in our lives. Thank you for the trials that came to make us strong, that we endured. And, Father, we thank you this morning that many of us are in a place where you put us, and we can't be removed until the season is up. We thank you, Lord, that our season is coming. We thank you for the place where you put us that's going to cause us to have a season change. We're grateful unto you this morning. Hallelujah. Again, there's none like you. Father, we thank you for looking beyond our faults today and yet meeting our needs. We thank you for being on our side in spite of. We thank you, Father, that we can cast our cares upon you for you care for us. Oh, we give you glory. Hallelujah. We thank you that you're not the booger man. Your love, your grace, and your mercy is carrying us through because man come from a sinful nature, Father. In sin did my mother conceive us. Our mothers conceived us. And we deserve death. But you love us so much. You made us for your pleasure. And once you made us, you saw that it was good. And Lord, you even saw where you could help man. Hallelujah. To become like you. And we thank you this morning. You can give man your spirit. And if he choose to obey your word, we can become someone that you're very happy. You won't repent for making us. We thank you this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. And, Father, we come this morning bringing every caller and every listener. We ask today, Father, that you would bless these, your people. Bless their homes. Bless their families and their friends near and far. Lord, you know what your people stand in the true need of. You know their wants. You know the very intent of their hearts. And, Father, your eyes are in every place. You're beholding the evil and the good. You see your people, and Lord, move today in a mighty way for these, your people. This faithful few that come every morning, seeking you, they're coming to hear what you got to say to them. And Lord, we know you're not disappointing, never, ever. So this morning, as I bring them before you, move in a mighty way this day. Work miracles in their lives. Show them, God, your love. Work miracles like never before. Uncommon miracles. This day, April the 12th, 2023, do it for your people. Lord, wake us up. If we're sleeping, wake us up. That we can see what's going on and we can see your move and we can follow you. Lead and guide us in the right path today for your name's sake. Father, strengthen us in you. Strengthen us in your word. 
Give us more of a prayer life and more of a Bible study life and the spirit to obey. Hallelujah. Today in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you this morning. Lord, those that are troubled, set them free. Deliver today, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And Father, again, help us to stay put. Lucia ministering angels to come and minister to us. That God will stay put where you put us at because you want to bless us. But these are things we go through so we can learn about you. Hallelujah. And we can be a blessing to others. Father, this morning, heal those that are sick. You heal all manner of sickness and disease. It was you that took the beating for the healing of the nation. Father, we believe there's yet healing in the hem of your garments. We're pressing in this morning to touch so that you can heal us, whatever it may be. Spiritual, mentally, physically, whatever it may be, heal today. Fix our hearts, regulate our minds in the name of Jesus. Father, we come this morning asking that you would bless those that are incarcerated, those that are in every branch of the military administration of the military this morning. Father, bless widowers and bereaved families, intercessory prayer people everywhere. Preachers, preaching in the name of Jesus in obedience unto you and love for your people. Bless Israel and prosper Jerusalem. Lucia, protecting angels to stand watch to shield and protect them, Father. Keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. Mm, today, oh God. In the name of Jesus, bless our brothers and sisters overseas, everywhere. Lord, send uncommon miracles and uncommon blessings and uncommon favor their way today in the name of Jesus. Those that have to hide, God, can't read your word out loud, can't quote your word, can't pray to you, can't mention your name. O Lucia, protecting angels, Father, to stand watch, to shield, and protect them, keep them from all hurt, harm, or danger. And Lord, as you increase their territory, to spread your word more, the good news of your son, Jesus, what you sent him to do for man, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Father, we ask that you would continue to bless America and the leadership. Have mercy on all of us this morning. Lord, help us to get it right with you. You love us. You made us for your pleasure. You brought forth America to show man just what a blessing you can be to your people. But, Lord, many have forgotten you. Many don't believe on you. They just want the benefits of breathing, living, living good. You blessing them, but they don't want to give you nothing. But help today. We know that you yet love them. Bless today as only you can do. We lift you up this morning in honor of you drawing all men unto you. We know that you're able. Father, there's nothing too hard for you to do. Bless this segment of Jesus in the morning. Have your way here today until we won't know more. In the name of Jesus. And Father, you know what we need. And help us not to think more of ourselves than we ought to. Help us to remain humble at your feet. Don't even look at your ankle. Just stay right at your feet. Remaining humble to you and man in the name of Jesus. We thank you today. 
We give you glory. We give you the honor and praise. And, Father, we ask it all again in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. And anything we left out today, Father, we ask that you would take it up and that you would fix it again in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm grateful unto him because he is who he said he is. Yeah, he make ways where we see no ways, open doors that we didn't even know was closed. Yeah, he can give us what we want. He supply need. We can ask him and he'll do it. Hallelujah. Ask for wisdom, ask for knowledge, ask for understanding. He do it. Lord, I don't have the money for the electric bill. Some way, somehow, he show up. And we are able to keep the, the, the electric in our home. Maybe a car note, maybe something on the job. Uh, maybe something the wife or the husband said, the children have done. He's that kind of God, but we got to trust him with all our heart, even not to our own understanding. In all our ways, we must acknowledge him. He is going to direct our path. If we just don't be wise in our own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. God is going to fix it. He's going to show you which way to go, and he's going to take care of it. He'll lead and guide you in the right path, all for his name's sake. And we got to remember this this morning. He is a holy God. Yeah, we just can't do any old thing and then think, oh, well, I'm going to run to God with this. No, you done did any old and every old thing. It's time to repent and get it right with him. Now go to him. Tell him thank you. Hallelujah. For yesterday. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> and tomorrow is not in sight. But you can tell him, thank you for yesterday. You can tell him, thank you for the groceries on my table, shoes on my feet, clothes on my back, roof over my head. And some of us, we so used to all of this. A lot of us, we got name brands up and all of this quality, and we so used to it. Uh, we think that it's just here. We forget where it come from. All of our blessings come from God. He made the heavens and the earth. We may not be able to just go out and just pay for what we want today, but he opened the door and made a way when you could pay for it over time. And he blessed you that you had the money to pay for it over time. We need to tell him, thank you. Stop grumbling and complaining. He gave me this, now I want that. He gave me that, now I want this. Let's stay put. Whatever state you're in, be content. Especially, and you know it's of God. Now, if you don't know it's of God, move on. But if you know God put you here, stay right there. Don't go nowhere. Look, at the enemy came and untried all kind of things. If I was you, I'd get up out of there. I wouldn't stay in there no more. I'd leave. And leave my blessing? No, I, I got to have my blessing. <laughs> I got to stay right here where my blessing is. I got to stay right here where my freezer stay packed. I give the food away and it get back packed again. I got to stay right here where when I clean my closet out, when I look, I got too much more stuff still. So I'm, I'm not leaving where I'm blessed. Yeah. Hallelujah. They did all that stuff to Job, but Job wasn't going nowhere. They told me they gave, God gave Job double for his trouble. If he'd have left, he'd have missed all his blessings. Friends came, man, what did you do against God, man? 
You had to do something, Job. I'm your friend. You can tell me. I'm not going to tell nobody. I ain't do nothing. This was a trial, and I'm waiting on God. Job, all your kids, man, you ain't got no kids left. Job, they done burnt up your house. Man, I'm telling you, I didn't do nothing. This is a trial from the Lord, and I'm going to endure. Whether my friends believe me, my family believe me, here come the wife. Now, she's supposed to be real close to you, that wife. Uh, she's supposed to be down for you when nobody else is down for you. It's supposed to be your ride or die. She's supposed to ride with you or die for you. Guess what? Then why don't you just go ahead and cuss God and die? What? Woman, you talking foolish. I thought you was going to ride or die. You talking my craziness. Yeah. So whatever state God put us in, we want to be content. Listen, we're coming in right now with Bishop Rudolph McKissick, Jr., the reward of staying put. Genesis chapter 26, verse 1. Now there was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I will tell you. Stay in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, and I will perform the oath I swore to Abraham your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws. So Isaac dwelt there in Gerar. Jay, walk with me very quickly right over to verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines were jealous of him. Amen. You may be seated in the very presence of our God. I want to preach tonight as the Spirit shall God with this thought in our minds the rewards of staying put the rewards of staying put I um I start I start this this conversation tonight very transparently about something most of you know that I am pastoring uh, the church where my father pastored for some 47 years. I've been back. They're at that church now since 1995. It is the church I was born and raised in. I was born on 15th Street, but some eight months after I was born, my father moved to the parsonage, which was right next door to the church. And so all my life, Bethel is all I've known outside of when I went to Florida State College and then seminary and pastored in Richmond, pastored in Toledo. I remember when my father asked me about coming back home, I 
eventually, or at first rather, told him no. He came back to me about a month and a half later and told me that the leadership had come to him and asked him to ask me. And I said to him, I won't come if you ask me. I'll only come if they vote for me. Because if anything ever happens and you're gone, if you brought me and they didn't vote for me, they can kick me out. And so they voted and I came back home and in 1995, I became the assistant pastor with my father there. I went back home to people who had known me when, had sat me on their knee, who had disciplined me as a little boy, who spent time reminding me of my childhood stories as a psychological way to remind me that I was still young. I went back to people who knew me as Rudy and called me Rudy to remind me Rudy was all I would ever be. I put up with it because it was my home. Back then, I was not as tempered and mature as I am now, and so I was subject to cuss or say something bad to them before I walked away from them. We moved into the new building in 2000. God blessed me to be a part of building that building. Wonderful edifice, seats 4,800. We've got uh, classroom space, 32 classrooms, wonderful edifice, great place to be. But about the year 2005, I got tired of being there. I got tired of being there because in a real sense, and I'm not sharing anything with you that I haven't shared with Bethel, so I can say this, I got tired of waiting. I've been back home for now 10 years and got tired of having ideas that I had to suppress. I got tired of having to preach to my people on Sundays but administrate my father's people on staff. I was ready to leave. I was ready to go. Several people, several offers came from this place, that place. Several ones entertained here and there. I was ready to go. My father had heard about some of the offers and didn't say anything to me, but had said to somebody, he's a grown man. If he wants to go, he can go. I was absolutely sick of being at Bethel. I preached every Sunday. I was the only one preaching, but I knew I was the preacher, but not the pastor. It became a frustrating thing for me because I knew I was built for more than this. It began to affect my relationship with my father. It began to affect my relationship with my mother. And my entire family lives in Jacksonville. It got to the point where I wouldn't even talk to any of them during the week because they were a reminder that I didn't want to be there. I would come down to the pulpit late, finish preaching, wipe my brow, go back up the stairs, never to come back down. It's your church. You close it out. I'm done with what I'm here to do. I'll never forget, about three years ago, the Lord said to me when I had another opportunity to walk away, he said to me, you leave this place and you'll never be blessed. And I said, but God, I'm tired of being here. I'm sick of being here. I don't want to be here. I'm, I'm tired of the rumors. I've been a drug dealer. I've been a homosexual. I've been a hoe. I've got... We, uh, babies from women I ain't never even met. I got 
women I've slept with whose names I don't even know. I'm tired of being in this place. God said, I don't care how tired you are. That's where I called you to be. And if you walk away from this place, you might get more, but you won't be in my will. I stand here tonight, some years later, now as the only pastor of that church, and I look back on all of those moments and I see where we are as a church. I see where my relationship is with my father. I see what the Lord is doing in the Bethel Church. During that time, Dewey, I got prostate cancer. Because in the Bethel Church, uh, the head of family medicine at Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville is my member. He hooked me up with the greatest urologist on the East Coast because I had a back problem during that time. Mayo Clinic right there with the head of family medicine being my member hooked me up with the greatest spine specialist when I lost my voice because I stayed in Jacksonville. My wife took me to the ENT that had taken my tonsils out years ago who gave me back my voice in 20 minutes. If I had left, all of those problems still would have happened, but I would not have been in place. And God said to me, I knew what was coming that you didn't know was coming. And if you had walked away from where I put you, you would have missed the deliverance I had in place for where I had you. All I'm trying to tell you tonight is that there are rewards to staying where you don't want to be. There are benefits to staying put. And it happened right here in this text. With Isaac, there's a famine in the land, which means there were no resources around to sustain Isaac and his family. And the Bible declares that God says to Isaac, don't go down to Egypt because there was no famine in Egypt and there were resources down there. And when there was a famine in his daddy's time, that's what his daddy did. He said to him, don't do what your daddy did, but stay where you are and watch me bless you in the place where it doesn't look like you can be blessed. God, I'm preaching my own story. Because it's a land of famine. There is nothing there that would even suggest to Isaac that the command from God even makes any sense. There were no visible signs. There was nothing to confirm it for Isaac. He just had to take God at his word. Even if what God said didn't seem to be lining up with what Isaac saw. And God says, if you stay put, I will empower you to be blessed right where it looks like nothing can be blessed. I will increase you right there, watch this, in the place where you're praying for me to move you from. Yeah, I know I ain't going to get too many amens. He says, if you trust me, 
I will bless you when it looks like blessings ain't there. And I'm already talking to somebody tonight because you've been praying for God to get you out of something, praying for God to move you away from something, praying for God to deliver you out of something. And I didn't come tonight with a word, six keys to deliverance, seven principles to breakthrough. I came tonight to tell you this might be a season where God is testing your faith and telling you it looks like an opportunity to run, but stay put. He makes these promises to Isaac. Here's what I've discovered. God always makes promises against the backdrop of impossibilities. Sweet, that that was good. God never makes promises when it looks like it can come true. Because if it looks like it can come true, you don't need faith to walk it out. (laughs) And the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. So God sets you up in impossible situations, not only to see if you'll trust him, but give you a chance to please him. And you've got to decide, will I believe what I see or will I trust what God says? And you've got to make the decision that I'm going to stay where I don't want to be and let God bless me where I want to get away from. How's my drink? I shout tonight. I, I, I got blessed because he followed the instructions of God when they look like instructions not worth following. Here's our problem. Um, By instinct, when things dry up, you want to go to Egypt where there is certainty of resource. Oh, Jesus. Because it is the natural instinct of survival and self-preservation. So, a job offers you more money, the natural instinct is to think it's God. Oh, it didn't get tight in here now. So because he offered to put a ring on your finger, the natural instinct is to think he's the one. And we kick into protection mode because we feel our future threatened if we stay here. But God said, if you just take me at my word, I will bless you right where it looks like there's nothing for you. And I don't know about you tonight, but I would rather be where God wants me to be than be where God told me not to go. I don't know about you, but I would rather have God with me than somebody promising me a paycheck. I would rather have God with me than somebody putting a ring on my finger. I would rather be in the right place relative to God's word and God's will than to be where I think I should be and where it looks like I should be and where I think I'll be better because what looks better ain't always in the will of God for your life. 
ain't nobody talking to me tonight. I may not want to be where God tells me to be, but if that's where God said God would be, then that's where you're going to find me. Who am I talking to tonight? I don't like where I am, but if God said that's where he's going to be, that's where I'm going to be. I'm sick of where I am, but if God said that's where he's going to be, that's where I'm going to be. In that marriage, on that job, in that city, in that ministry, in God's will. See, every now and then, you've got to find your praise in the reality that you're in his will. See, I know y'all shout it. Because we've been taught in this materialistic church that you only preach when you get, shout when you get stuff. So we only shout because he gave us something. But I'm looking for some folk tonight who can say this praise ain't because I got money. It ain't because I got a car. I'm shouting because I'm in his will. Because if I'm in his will, that means he's satisfied with me. I know this is new school, but the old school said, but the question comes to me. And when I think of Calvary, is my master satisfied with me? So shake somebody's hand real quick and tell him you ought to be glad you're in his will. You ought to shout just because you're in his will because when you're in his will he'll keep you. When you're in his will he'll protect you. When you're in his will he'll hold you. When you're in his will he'll sustain you. Just have five somebody and tell him I'm in his will. See discovered that when I stay in his will he obligates himself to protect me and keep me and hold me no matter what there is before me. See, see, other folk can talk about his delivering power, but some of y'all know how to talk about his keeping power. Other folk have to talk about he got me out, but some of y'all can talk about he kept me in. I should have been crazy, but he kept me when I was in some... Do I have any keeping power testimonies? Is there anybody can say he ain't getting me out, but he kept me in it like I was and going through it because he's got keeping. Say, so, I ain't one of them sermons. Listen. God said, if you stay in my will, even when you don't like where you are, even when you catching hell where you are, here's what I've discovered too. That God's ability is always greater than my extremities. What you mean, good God from Zion? That means no matter how extreme your difficulty might be, God's power is greater than your situation is extreme. I thought I'd have about 90 y'all shout right there. I don't care how extreme it is. He's got more power than the extremity of your difficulty. You ain't got an extreme problem that God cannot handle. So stay right there and let the Lord keep you. Now let me show you. I already knew. 
Matter of fact, I sat over there almost being disobedient. I started scrolling through the iPad. And I said, God, I won't preach this because this ain't, you know, folk don't want to hear nothing about stay put. God said, you just preach it and let, let me handle the rest. Um, here's why you have to stay put when God tells you to stay where you don't want to be. And here's why, why you got to stay put when God tells you to stay put in a place where it don't look like there's nothing to stay for. Because your choice to stay put is not about your current satisfaction, but about future transactions. You got your Bible open? Look, look, look at what God says to him around verse 3 and around verse 6. He says to him, dwell in that land and I'm going to bless you. Watch this. And I'm going to give to your descendants, Jesus Christ, all this land. And I'm going to perform the oath I swore to your daddy. I'm coming back to that. I'm going to make your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren and your great-great-great-grandchildren multiply as the stars in heaven. Watch it. And your seed is going to bless the nations because your daddy obeyed my voice. Come here. Let me break it down for you. He says... If you stay where I told you to stay, there's going to be a trickle-down effect to the blessings on your life. I'm going to multiply your seed. Here it is. Your children will be so blessed that no numeric value will be able to sum up just how blessed they are. See, if I was saying this was about you, you'd be shouting. Let me say it one more time. He says, if you obey me today, in the future, your children will be so blessed by your actions today that there ain't a number around to describe how blessed they really are. So the blessings from your obedience last longer than the season of frustration in your decision. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. Your life today ain't about you. Oh, y'all don't like this. What you are doing today is setting up legacy for your children to be blessed when you ain't here no more. Y'all ain't trying to help me. Because if your actions don't bless nobody but you, that's a pitiful person. I need to be doing everything I'm doing today because I know God's going to honor my faith by blessing my children and my children. So watch this. This next shout ain't for what you got. I want you to shout real quick for the blessings your children ain't seen yet. But you know it's on the way. Come on right quick. Shout for your children's blessing. Shout for your grandchildren's blessing. They ain't even born yet. But because you're going to be faithful, it's going to fall on them. Wait. Wait, hold on. I'm going to come get y'all. 
Because look what God said to him in verse 5. He said, he said, and I will perform the oath I swore to your father. Watch what he goes on to say. And your seed is going to bless the nation because of your father. Oh, y'all ain't helping me. God says, Isaac, the only reason you're even in position to see me do this is because your father did what I told him to do. And because of what I told him I would do for you is why he did what he did. So what he did, he did for you. So now you do what he did for you. And now what he did for you that's blessing you is going to bless your children because you doing what he did. Y'all missed your shout. Y'all missed your shout right there. He says the only reason you are this blessed, Isaac, is because you had a daddy who walked in my way. See, the reason some of us are blessed like we are is because you had a mama or you had a daddy or you had a grandmama who lived for the Lord. Come on, y'all talk to me in here. Your mama and daddy didn't have a mansion. Your mama and daddy wasn't driving a Bentley. Your mama and daddy didn't have a million dollars in the bank. Your mom and daddy wasn't a CEO but they'll tell you what they did have faith and because they had faith they prayed for you when you wouldn't pray it for yourself because they had faith they anointed you when you were asleep some of y'all better shout right now and thank God for a praying mama or a faithful daddy or a praying grandmama your life should be worse your battle should have been lost and he only blessed you because of somebody who came before Thank you for my mama. Thank you for my daddy. Thank you. Thank you for my granddaddy who wore a suit every day but prayed every morning. Thank you for a grandmama who didn't have nothing but a third grade education, but she knew how to call on your name. Some of y'all better be shouting right now because our ancestors had a praying spirit. And the only reason you've survived some stuff is because somebody prayed for me, had me on their mind, took the time and prayed for me. I'm so glad they prayed. Shake three people's hands and tell them you better shout over the folk that prayed for you. You better shout over the people whose faith is blessing you right now. I gotta move. what I'm talking about. I done smoked enough weed that my brain ought to be fried. I done slept with enough women that I ought to be worse off than I really am. Don't look at me like y'all crazy. I done been drunk 
so drunk I woke up in beds I didn't even know how I got there. And the only reason I'm in my right mind ain't because I passed the Bethel, but because I had a mother and a father whose faith is honored in my lifetime. And I ain't by myself. Some of y'all done did everything I did. And the only reason you ain't destroyed is because God threw the blessing of their faith on your life. Now, God said, I'm going to bless your children because your daddy was faithful. Every current choice is about a future transaction. But there's something else. You've got to make the decision. To maximize your moments and minimize your misery. Good God. Maximize your moments. Minimize your misery. Verses I didn't read to you, you know. uh, They come and they ask, ask, that's your your wife? Um, She sure is fine. That's what the Bible said. We get so sanitized. The Bible said she was beautiful. And Isaac, wanting to protect his wife, did what his daddy did. Lied. <laughs> That's a whole nother sermon. <laughs> and, 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 you know, just, just cutting across the field, uh, the king realizes when he sees the affection between the two of them, you don't act that way with your sister. <laughs> and so, he comes forth with the truth, and the king puts out the edict, anybody mess with them, anybody mess with his wife, you want to deal with me. Watch this next verse. It says, watch this, that Isaac sold. Thanksgiving ought to lead to giving. That ain't where I'm going. That ain't what got me doing. Isaac sold in that land. Y'all missed it. Um, he sold in the land God told him to stay put in where there was nothing to dwell on. In the land he thought was not enough he sold. Now, my first question was if it's a famine Where does he get the crops from that he sold? Y'all think I'm going to say something deep? I don't know. But ain't that how some of your blessings are? When folk ask you how you got it, your only answer is, Come on, I thought I was going to find it. How'd you get that job and you ain't even got the degree? I don't know. How did you get that house and you ain't got the credit? I don't know. How in the world did you come out safe? I don't know. Are there any I don't know testimony? I can't tell you how he did it, but I can tell you that he did it. And since I know he 
So he's got some crops in a famine. So he sows. Y'all ain't gonna like this. Instead of holding on to it because of the financial condition of the place, he trusted God enough and sowed in that land. Instead of throwing a pity party about not liking where he is and God doesn't forget all about me, he maximizes potential moments that causes him to minimize pity parties. Preach.com. Um, if you maximize moments of potential where God has you, he will not only take care of you, but then he will start to increase you in the place where there looked like there was nothing to be increased. And the Bible says in the same year, y'all didn't hear what I just said. When he sowed in the same year, y'all didn't hear what I just said. When he decided to trust God with the resource. Because you can't multiply what you hold on to. In the same year, God blessed him 100-fold. That ain't even where I want to go. It's what it said after that. That because he sold, what's, what's the language of this text? Because he sold, the man began to prosper. Now don't, don't get all jacked up. This ain't no prosperity sermon. The word prosper there is the Hebrew word for success. For reach. All right, y'all with me? So the man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. The man or the woman began to prosper and continued prospering until they became very prosperous. The word prosper and prosperous are two different Hebrew words in the text, do we? The word prosperous is the word wealthy. He sold until he went from being rich to being wealthy. See, the problem with black folk is... Uh-oh. We so busy wanting to be rich that we don't know how to be wealthy. And so the reason we can't own nothing, open up nothing, or keep nothing is because we rich, but we ain't wealthy. I know I shouldn't have preached this on the last night. Can I tell you what wealthy is? Wealthy is when I'm able to give and not miss it. Y'all ain't helping me in here. Uh, Wealthy is when I'm able to give and not feel it's gone. Wealthy is when I start looking for who I can bless. (laughs) 
Y'all ain't talking to me tonight. Rich folk go to North Park Mall. Wealthy folk open up franchises. Wealthy folk feed the needy. Wealthy folk build social justice. Y'all done got quiet on me in here now. Because we so busy being rich, wearing name brand, not knowing that when you wear name brand, you're just a billboard for somebody else's creativity. Look at your neighbor and tell him, I don't want to be rich, I want to be wealthy. Because I want to be able to bless somebody else. I don't want to just be wealthy in money. I want to be wealthy in joy so I can spread it. I want to be wealthy in peace so I can spread it. I want to be wealthy in intellect so I can spread it. I want you to find five people and tell them, let's get wealthy so that we can be a blessing to somebody. Listen. See. Don't worry. I'm going to come get your voice over. See. Most people think that prosperity is having enough for them. And having something left over to have in the bank. Prosperity and wealth is when God can say to you, I'm about to give you things. And when I give it to you, I'm going to tell you, this ain't for you, it's for her. Y'all ain't ready for this. God is about to put some of you in place where you won't be working on your needs any longer and you ain't going to be working on your wants. God's getting ready to put some of y'all in a wealthy place where you're going to be working on somebody else's need because he blesses you to be a blessing to somebody. I'm almost done. I know this ain't the kind of words you're used to. On the last night, but but I'm almost 50. I've been coming here 15 years. I don't really care. Um, I don't preach to entertain no more. I preach assignment. So um, let me say this to you. Here's the next thing. You can't believe for prosperity and be against persecution. If you don't want persecution, don't ask God to bless you. As as a matter of fact, sometimes the evidence of your success is seen in the evidence of your haters. Sometimes the confirmation of your success ain't the folk that like you. Sometimes the confirmation of your success are the folk that can't stand you. And instead of you being mad with them, you need to tell some of them, I didn't even know I was that blessed until you started messing with me. I didn't even know I was all of that until I heard how you was running your mouth about me. I didn't even know I had it going on like that until you started to. So thank you for showing me how blessed I am. I'm in the text. He sowed in that land 
went from rich to being wealthy, and the Philistines envied him. They saw in the famine somebody being blessed while they struggled. And they got mad. Y'all help me preach this. I've been preaching a long week and my voice is tired. Would you look at somebody real quick, put your best preaching voice on and tell them, neighbor, I'm going to prosper and I'm going to continue prospering and I'm going to become very prosperous until somebody gets mad. I'm going to be blessed until somebody can't stand me. I'm going to be blessed until somebody don't even want to sit by me. I'm going to be blessed until somebody says I get on their nerves. Am I talking to anybody tonight? If you start walking in blessings, somebody's going to get mad. And I'm going to speak to you while you're mad. I might even bless you while you're mad. People are going to get mad with you. But you got to learn to say, child, they just mad because I'm being blessed. Child, they just mad because I got it going on. See, as long as y'all were suffering together, they were down with you. But now that you're walking in your blessing, they can't stand you. And if you're living godly, spending time in the Word, being a blessing to other people, walking according to His will, don't you dare care what people have to say when God starts blessing your life. Hold on. That was my question. What made them so angry? Philistines. What? Why are they so mad? You got to remember, this is a famine land, which means drought is everywhere and on everything. Nothing is growing. Nothing is producing. Isaac has neighbors who are watching him in the same predicament they're in, but having different results. Oh my God. There's a famine. He's sowing crop, which means the ones that are mad can only be mad if they've tried what he did but didn't get what he got. So the folk that are mad have already had crop failure. in that land are not producing and yet Isaac sows and produces a harvest same land same weather what they didn't understand 
Is that the miracle for the harvest? What in the ground? It was Isaac. Y'all missed it. The ground is the same. The weather is the same. The difference between their land and Isaac's land is that this land is Isaac. Y'all ain't got it yet. Now, not this land is fertile. This land is Isaac. Y'all ain't got it yet. And that makes the difference because he's the one the blessing is on. It ain't got nothing to do with the land, good God from Zion. It's got everything to do with the one God put the blessing on. Y'all ain't heard me yet. It had everything to do with the one God chose to put the blessing. It ain't the ground. It's the man. You've got to get to the point of knowing that you're the blessed one. You're the one that God chose. And the reason it's going to work is because you're the one that's walking in God's will. It ain't because of where you live. It ain't because of what side of the tracks you were from. It ain't because of where your business is located. It's because it's yours. And you're the one the blessing is on. Not because his land was better, but because he was chosen. The land belonged to somebody that was chosen. So the land <laughs> responds because the one that is chosen owns the land he's standing on. God doesn't put the blessing on stuff. There are a whole lot of folk that got the same stuff you got. Y'all ain't trying to talk to me. He puts the blessing on you. And when you decide to walk in obedience to his will and his word, he activates the blessing that is on you so that every place your foot shall touch, it is absolutely going to be blessed. Not because of the ground, but because you've got the blessing. Look at somebody real quick and tell them it's on me. It ain't in my house. It ain't in my car. It ain't because I go to a certain church. But tell them the blessing is on me. And because the blessing is on me, that means anything connected to me gets the benefit of my blessing. Anything I touch gets the benefit of my blessing. Would you do me a favor real quick? Just put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and tell them, neighbor, let me tell you the best thing happened to you tonight. You sat next to me because the blessing is on me and anything I touch and everything I'm connected to, it gets my blessing. I want you to find somebody and put your hands on them and tell them, receive the blessing because it's all on me. Receive the blessing of peace 
because it's only receive the blessing of patience because it's only receive the blessing of a smile because it's only is there anybody in here who can say I know I'm blessed not because I drive a fancy car not because I have a fat bank account not because I live in a mansion but I know I'm blessed because he put his hands on me I want you to high five somebody and tell them you're looking at a blessed person you're looking at a prosperous person that's why I wake up in the morning saying this is the day that the Lord has made I will rejoice and be glad in it that's why I wake up every morning and say with my hands lifted up and my mouth filled with praise with the heart of thanksgiving I will bless thee oh Lord good night friendship West may the Lord God bless you real good but is there anybody in here who can help me close this sermon stand on your feet and wave your hand like you're blessed shout like you're blessed scream like you're blessed as a matter of fact here's what I want you to do I want you to say I'm the captain of this row and because I'm on this row everybody on my row is blessed everybody on my row is successful everybody on my row got joy now do like you did in elementary school touch your neighbor and tell them take it and pass it down take it and pass it down pass the joy pass the peace pass the love pass the smile pass the prosperity I don't know how you feel about it but I don't want to be the only one that's got the blessing on me when I walk in my house tonight I'm walking in a blessed house when I get in the bed tonight I'm laying in a blessed bed when I kiss my spouse tonight I'm kissing on a blessed person when I go to my job tomorrow I'm walking in a blessed building they just don't know the only reason the business is having its success is because they hired me because I got the blessing anybody in here know that the Lord will put the blessing on you the Lord will give you favor the Lord will give you peace the Lord will give you joy the Lord will give you a sound mind won't he do it won't he do it won't he do it won't he fight your battles won't he make your enemies your footstool won't he give you joy and sorrow won't he give you hope for tomorrow won't he dry your tears won't he won't he won't he won't he won't he Because I know how blessed I am. I woke up this morning saying the Lord is blessing me right now. And 
how blessed I am. I can say he woke me up early this morning, started me on my way. And is there anybody know you're blessed? Then I dare you to just start walking around and say, bless where I walk, bless what I touch, bless where I walk, bless where I touch, bless my children, bless my marriage, bless my family, bless my enemies, bless my church, and do I have a witness that knows if you walk on it, he will bless it, if you walk on it, he will give it to you, and get out of your pew, walk to the other side, and say, neighbor, you look like you need a blessing, you look like you need joy, you look like you need peace, let me give you what the Lord gave me, and he walks with me, he talks with me, he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share, say it, say I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm Every time I turn around, I am. Somebody turn around and say, every time. Now scream, yell, dance. Somebody Somebody scream, yeah! I need you, Lord, The Bible says. 
and he could not sleep. When he heard that Jesus was passing by, he said, Lord, lay your hands on me. I need you, Lord, Yeah. 
This is the kind of radio you need. Yes, Jesus is a morning radio. Old radio for real people. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Bishop Rudolph McKissick this morning. And the reward of staying put. Yeah, stay right where you are. We keep squirming and worming and trying to get out of it and move on to something else. I'm tired of this. I don't like it. I want this. I want to do that. Stay right where you are so that you can be blessed. Now, if God didn't put you there, get out of it. You can go on about your business and never look back. (laughs) But if that's what God assigned you to, stay right there and watch the blessings flow. Oh, my goodness. To you upon you, even under you, that would be blessings. Yeah. The blessings of Almighty God who have all the power. There's no higher power. Yeah. When you hear me say, meet the need of your people according to your riches and glory by yourself. Riches in glory. He's wealthy. He's more than wealthy. He owned everything and everybody. The scripture says the earth is his, the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. Yeah. So whatever you want, wait on God. Don't be so anxious, so quick to move. Because if you move, your blessings over there on Gold Street, and you way down there on Platinum. You're not going to get the blessings from Gold Street because you own platinum. Platinum don't have what gold have. Gold don't have what platinum have. You done jumped the gun. You done moved too far away. You may get a few things, but you won't get the true blessings of God that won't add sorrow to you. It won't make you cry. It won't make you regret it. You won't want to get out of that now. Because, see, we like that. We get into this. I don't like this. All right, you get out of that and go to the next thing. I don't want to be here. (laughs) Whatever content, I mean, whatever situation you're in, be content. Again this morning, especially, especially if you know God has put you here. He put you there. He allowed you to be there. Because he's got a plan for your life. Yeah. I'm grateful unto him for the plan, his plans and system for my life. I thank him. I'm just like anybody else some days. I don't want to do it. I want to do this. I can't do it. He didn't get me to go do this, that, and the other. Stay right here. The scripture says, stand still and know that I am God. Stand still. Wait on him. If that burden gets heavier and heavier to you, get in your word. Come unto me, all that are burdened and heavy laden. I give you rest. I help you to endure through this. Yeah, I own a job. I was sitting at the uh, number 10 machine. I work for a company called Mac Papers out Bay Meadows in Jacksonville, Florida. And they put me on that number 10 machine. And I was the only person in the whole plant that had a sit-down 
envelope-making machine. Everybody else is standing on their feet. The owner of the company interviewed me for the position, Mr. McGee. Yes, he did. We talked about the law, and then he told me, he said, I said, I want to drive vans. I want to drive trucks. He said, no, I have something a little better for you in mind. I said, okay. He didn't tell me what it was. I didn't even know about the envelope making paper. I heard of my papers, but I had never investigated what they do. Got down to the plant. He sent me to a man named Mr. Thompson, and, and he looking at me like, what you and McGee got going on? McGee interviewed you and hired you, didn't send you down here for me to interview you? I just kind of smiled and kept on. Talk what you talk. I don't have no answer. So then he come one day uh, telling me about losing weight. I was like, the devil is a lie. Because, see, in his mind, I had been laying and playing with Mr. McGee. That's how I got that position. Nobody else had that. Never gave it a thought that my Lord and Savior, because he, he, wasn't, he wasn't into God like that. But God did that for me. After I got comfortable, you know, making envelopes, the adjuster come. He said, hey, Barbara, I want to try you on a different machine today because we have plenty of bank envelopes. You know the little envelopes that put your money in when you cash a check or make a deposit, a withdrawal at the bank. He said, I want to try you on something different. I want to try you on a bigger envelope. Okay, so now we're going to the legal side, the, the big gold, you know, brown envelopes. So he tried me on that. I did real good. I had to stand up now. I come up off the seat. Now I'm standing up to a machine. And he said, I'm going to crank it up a little bit for you so I could inspect the envelopes, make sure the glue wasn't running or nothing, no tears or nothing. So after he trained on that for about a week, he come in, he said, Barbara, I'm going to have to crank your machine up a little bit more. We're trying to make mass production today. I said, over a million envelopes. He said, yeah. I said, okay. He said, so I got to crank it up a little faster now. I said, do it. Let's see what happens. He did it. I, so from then on, you know, he would crank it up a little bit more, and I still keep it going. I keep it going all day. All I did was make envelopes. Yeah. Sometimes that, that would be a specialty uh, order, and, you know, I would have to make a specialty order. But they paid me, and I was blessed, and I stayed there. Yeah. Until I went uh to work for labor force. And that that's what Mr. Peavy was. <laughs> and so uh, I had so much fun with Mr. Peavy, I didn't want to leave. So whatever happened, I would go to the next thing with him. Yeah. So God blessed me to look now with a number behind my name. Anybody know what that means? A number behind your name? You got a prison number. You've been to prison. You've been, you, you committed a felony. And anybody with a number behind their name, it's not easy to get a job. Because, see, you're a criminal. You don't went and paid your debt to society, but in people's eyes, you're still a criminal. What made me separate myself from my family when I come out? Certain family members I would go around, they would treat me like I'm going to steal something from them. I wasn't stealing like that. I didn't even steal out of stores. 
what I was doing, no family member in my family had that kind of money. <laughs> so you come by taking something, you don't have nothing I want. You got you if you got five thousand dollars in your bank account, that wasn't no money for me. I didn't want no five thousand. Now if you had a hundred and fifty thousand and you know, and your check laying around and I could get one of your checks, that might have been a deal. But nobody in my family had no hundred and fifty thousand dollars laying around. Not even in their bank account for, for big projects. If they did anything, they had to borrow some money from somebody, a hustle, and it didn't add up to that. Yeah. But God blessed me all through the years because he saw the very intent of my heart. I was not a hardened criminal who just wanted to keep doing wrong. After I learned my lesson, I want to walk that straight and narrow. Then when I found him, oh, that sealed the deal. I was never going back to the devil's work. No, gave the devil back all his tools. Because, see, he was my daddy. And I had to obey. I was in bondage. But when my father, my heavenly father, come along, he sent his son Jesus. He set me free. I was no longer in bondage to sin, and I no longer had a daddy. I had a heavenly father. Hallelujah. Anything I did not want to do, I didn't have to do it. With a well-made-up mind, I didn't have to do that. I no longer had to lay with men I wasn't married to. I had to sell no dope, make no dope deals. And you know God is safe. But years later, years later, my nephew dead and gone, years later, ex-wife uh, called me yesterday and we got to talk. Matter of fact, I'm going to ask y'all intercessors to touch and agree with me and pray with me for my niece and nephew, Shaquilla and uh, we call him Duke. Pray for them for me. Yeah. The devil is really after Duke. You know, because they try to put the image that his dad had. But no, that ain't, that's not who he really is. Yeah, his mama raised him. He's a whole nother boy. But, you know, people want to boost him up and make him think, that's what you're doing? You're a mama's boy? Boy, you're supposed to be out here slinging and banging. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's not the life your mama gave you. Yeah. So we are going to pray for them and trust God. I trust God for them. And she told me yesterday, she said, I love you, Bob. Now, that really shocked me. That really shocked me. But we always got along. I never had no problems with her. But when she told me that yesterday, that really shocked me. So I'm thankful unto the Lord years later. Because I stayed where he tell me to stay. I stay right there. I stay put. Even years later, he's yet blessed me. I want you to hear me this morning. Yeah. I know he told you, leave them men alone, but you just can't do it. Leave them alone now. Stay single. Stay by yourself. Stop putting yourself in situations. Stop doing that. Because the more you do that, the longer you uh, prolong your blessing, your miracle. You prolonging yourself. God ready to do it, but every time he's he ready to open up to you, he find you in the wrong place. You done moved at the spot where he put you. 
I found myself uh, single. The devil came and said, now, you know you're not supposed to be by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're supposed to have a husband. No, I'm going to stay put. I am going to stay where God put me. If he moved me, I'm going to move. But if he's not moving me, I'm not moving myself. I'm enjoying my life. As a little Duval say, I'm living my best life. Oh, yeah. And it's all right today. Listen, the studio is open. If anyone has something they would like to say this morning, please feel free to press that number one and come in and uh, share with us today. We're more than happy to hear what the Lord is doing or something was said that you want to come in on. Please feel free to do it today. In the name of Jesus. All right, Sister Jerry, I'm coming right at you. God bless you this morning. How are you? God bless you, Sister Barbara. I am doing very well. Thank you for your testimony. Just sitting here listening, it brought back over some years and years of thing I done. Right then, I said to the Lord, I said, oh, God, I had forgot all about that. Oh, thank you, Jesus, for stopping me. For Oh, God, just thank you. Some yes, of those people good. are dead and gone, but God, thank you, thank you, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank for the thank for the for the teaching from from Bishop McKinsey. Oh, don't move. See, I, I've been one of those person. I tried to leave the job that I stayed on for thirty seven years that my mother prayed me into, but I didn't leave. Because when I got back from my other interview, I had got that job, and I was so happy. When I sit down in my chair, God said, don't go nowhere. There's a blessing in this house. The lady at the uh, the administrator, she came down. She said, Jerry, can I see you in my office? I said to myself, I'd rather let you know I'm out of here myself. That's that crazy, fast behavior. You're mad at everybody because you think you're supposed to be this. You think you're supposed to be No, no. Lord, I just thank you for taking me back down memory lane. Memory lane was not good, but it was, ooh, it just bring me back to how far I've come and how far I got to go. You yesterday, Barbara, showed me what friends are. In the midst of showing me someone say they're not friend, and they were showing me lies. Oh, Jesus. Thank you so much, Barbara. God bless you, Jerry. God bless you. Yeah. He got a purpose and a plan for you, Jerry. And uh, he wants you to just let go of it all. Just let it all go. And he'll show you his plan. But sometimes yes. we hold... We're holding up the plan because we're still in there trying to control and do this and do that. No, let it go. Let it completely go. God going to step in and show you what he can do. Oh, great and marvelous things. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Because, see, yes, Lord. We, we've been doing this and that for so long the same way. We think things going to come out the same way it used to. But if we truly no. want different we must do something different. And a lot of times yeah. it's our children. It may be a husband, a wife, a best friend, a, a boyfriend. And and 
you know, we, we just want the world to be for them and we want them to have the world. But look, unless we teach them and show them, it can't happen. And in our teaching and showing, we got to trust God. And anything that comes evil from it, we got to do what we got to do. Why? Because change is come. It's time for the change. I know that God is wanting to uh, increase your life. And what I mean by that, he want to bless your life more. He wants you to be in a place mm-hmm. where you can go and come like you want to. And nobody have to help you go and come. Yet nobody can mm-hmm. tell you that it's going to come. But the, the change of mind, if you do bless me, Lord, I'm not going back to old things. If you do bless no. me, Lord, I want you to be, have already set me free for any selfish things, anything that's selfish, set me free from it. Yes. Lord, touch and heal my heart and mind today. He's able. He's able. Mm-hmm. But the devil yes, comes with Lord. foolishness. He comes with foolishness because he wants to hold us down. He wants to hold us back. He wants to kill and steal anything that we are trying to uh, succeed in spiritually. Yeah. And, 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 and Bob, you know that person that told me if I didn't do this, they would never call me no more. Phone just ringing off the hip. So the devil said, answer that call, girl. It's time to get things straight with them. I said, uh-uh. That's not the phone call. I mean, it rung and rung. And I said, uh-uh, this is not a God. God won't harass me to do what is wrong. Yeah. I finally turned the phone off. God don't want you going backwards. And any of the other stuff I went back to, they have now passed on. Mm-hmm. But see, the devil only got that one, one nagging person. But that's not the one. I heard God say it this morning at 2 o'clock. Good job turning off the phone. Mm-hmm. That's what yeah. you do. Turn no, away no from my evil ways. Yeah. No need for us to go backwards, Jerry. We're going forward. Mm-hmm. And anything in that past that had us doing negative stuff and sinning and against God, even against our mm-hmm. own bodies, no, nah, we, 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 we don't want no more of that. We had enough. I'm done. Yeah, enough is enough. We're turning it off. And we're going, that's not the place where God have us. That's not where he want us to be. Mm-hmm. That's why he got in and tore it up. He separated it. <laughs> really, he shredded it. But the devil he keeps trying to bring it. it back in hopes that we are trying to. I mean, my phone rung 15 times over mm-hmm. and over. I looked at it. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm trying to rest this Sunday. I got to get up for the service in the morning. I turned off the phone and went to sleep. Almost mm-hmm. missed my service. I was 7.03 getting in. I said, oh, Lord. I didn't hope I missed, Father, the prayer. Oh, I said, it's okay. I, I'm getting what I need. Mm-hmm. And God is able. And I got just what I needed. Yeah, he's able, and he would do this for us. But we got to want him to do it and let him do it. Yeah, stop oh, thinking Lord. Yeah, and, and, and thinking the flesh got to be pleased. The devil is a fool and a lie. Mm-hmm. And he'll make a mm-hmm. fool and a lie out of us, but we got to let it. Yeah, we have to got to let it go. Yeah, but I thank God, the reward of staying put. Hallelujah. Good morning, Brother D. <laughs> 
God bless you. God bless you this morning. So oh, good to yeah, see you. Oh, yeah, Brother Louis, good morning. Okay, uh, he heard you. He heard you. Okay. You know, he'll type it in in a few minutes. Good morning, Sister Jerry. Yeah. But, yeah, okay. God is faithful, and I thank mm-hmm. him for being faithful. But I want to stay in the place where he put me. Now, this is not mm-hmm. where he put me. I want to get out of here and run. Run to the mm-hmm. place where God put me and stay put. Yeah. Today is the name of Jesus. He said, hey, Sister Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Good morning, C.R. Oh, yeah, that had me rocking, too. You know I like that song. I'm hoping Sister Rita here, because that used to be her and Kyle's song. I need your Lord Jesus. Yeah, and he comes through the kitchen box. Yeah, Lord Jesus. So we're thankful unto him. Is there anyone else have something they would like to say this morning? We have some time. Feel free to press that number one and come in. Ah, yeah. And look, I know I have aged and I'm aging. All right, bro, Anthony, I'm coming at you right now. He said, I run off. <laughs> Good morning, brother Anthony. God bless you. How are you? Bless. Highly favored. Good morning, Miss Barbara. Good morning to you. First of all, I want to give God thanks for waking me up this morning. Thank you for life, health, and strength, keeping my right mind, allowing me to see another day never seen before. Thank you for activity in my limbs. I want to thank God for who he is to me, what he's doing to me, where he brought me from, where he's taking me at. And I just thank God for being the father that I need in my life. And I thank God for just knowing his heart, want his desire to know his heart. Amen. And good morning to you, uh, Ms. Barbers, Sister Jerry, Brother Louis, Sister Irene. Sister Rita, good morning to you. Uh, Sister Fion. And uh, y'all this morning, kind of on the mission this morning, I got to go get to this job. But just want to say good morning to everybody. And y'all just continue to keep me in y'all prayers and pray my strength in the Lord. That the Lord continue to guide and up my path. That I will walk according to his will for my life. That he would get down the glory and the praise out of my life, and that I'd be a light unto others through him. That he would be able to draw others to me. That he would get the glory, honor, and the praise through the fire that is in me, the anointing that dwells in me through the Holy Ghost of the Holy Spirit. And that the Lord would continue to let me keep his charge. And I just thank God for fresh oil and fresh wind. For not only me, but for y'all as well. And that God will continue to uh, move in our lives daily as we continue to seek God in all our heart, mind, body, and soul. So, and I just pray that y'all continue to strive to do the best you could do as believers. And just love one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. In the mighty name of Jesus, and y'all just continue to scribe to do the best you can do through your through the weakness. As he said, through our weakness, he makes us strong. So we just thank God for the strength he gives us. We thank God for the storms and trials we go through because we need to be able to praise him through the good and the bad. So I just thank God for everything he's doing, whether it be good or bad. But at the end, we know that. 
he is in control and he has it all under control. Amen. 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 And we thank God he does. He has it all under control and there's nothing too hard for him to do for us. So again, this morning, we're grateful and thankful unto him. And we look to him. We look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from the Lord who made the heavens and the earth. Amen. Is there anyone else that has something they would like to say this morning? Okay. If not, I will pray us out. And we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, for another episode of Jesus in the Morning. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for all that has been said and done. Thank you for the testimonies, God. We thank you for your word today. For your word is yet a lamp unto our feet. It's a light unto our path. And forever, O God, thy word is settled in heaven. As we depart this morning, help us to keep our mind on you. For, Father, you will keep us in perfect peace. Help us to look to the hills from which cometh our help. All of our help comes from you, Father. You made the heavens and the earth. Help us to trust you with our whole heart and lean not to our own understanding. And all our ways, help us to acknowledge you. Father, you will direct our path. Help us to be not wise in our own eyes. Help us to fear you, Father, and depart from evil. In the name of Jesus. Bless our going out today and our coming in. Meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory. By your son, Christ Jesus. And Father, I know you heard us the first time on yesterday. But Lord, we ask for uncommon financial blessings today. In the name of Jesus. Do it for your people. Father, move today in a special way. Especially for these faithful few, oh God. Come every morning to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. Thank you for seeing Brother D. Number today. Lord, you know my heart. And God, you know my thoughts, and we thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. And we ask it all this morning in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent, one from another, in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves us, you forgive us. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today, April the 12th, 2023, in Jesus' name. And Sister Irene, Brother Lewis said, uh, he said, hey, is Irene okay? Yeah, I think she's doing pretty good. I'll talk to her later. You know, we had different time zones. And so later on today, I'll try and talk with her, Brother Lewis. God bless you this morning. Everybody have a wonderful, blessed, filled day. Oh, uh, yeah, in Jesus' name. So we're going to our last song of the morning, and after this song, uh, I won't be coming back.
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 